Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and as ever alongside Red Roses and Harlequin Centre, Rachel Burford. First things first, Burf, how are you? All branded up there on the on the Zoom call, I like that. How's things? Yeah, really good, thanks Johnny. Had a nice restful weekend um, and yeah, feeling pretty good about all the announcements that have happened this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Look, no more outdoor sofa chat dog chat let's just pile straight into it because <laughs> you know it's a grey old morning but the sun is trying to burst its way through that's rather representative of certainly English women's club rugby this morning with some huge huge news uh, that uh, some of us got yesterday but embargo till till this morning Alliance is on board to sponsor the Premier 15s I shall repeat Alliance is on board to sponsor the Premier 15s, and it sounds like, I mean, you can check the, the details of the, the press release, but a proper, proper deal. Um, we were on a call with uh, Reese Edwards yesterday, and he was describing it as a, as a wow moment. And it's a six-figure investment, not just improving the visibility of the Premier 15s, which, of course, we know uh, de- it desperately needs, but also looking into the, the grassroots of the game, including the In-Out Warrior programme with the RFU, and there'll be some some England stuff in there with with Alliance as well. It's huge news. It's significant news. Let's go that side rather than, yeah, about time and all the rest of it. But it really is huge, significant news, isn't it, Berth? Yeah, I think it's been, you know, on, on the edge of everybody's lips. Like, is there going to be a sponsor? Are they going to come in in time? And the fact that we've got a sponsor, that is well known. It's been involved in rugby before. And the fact that they're saying, you know, it's, good, it's fully invested... I think Allianz can recognise there's plenty of opportunity um, for them as, as a company to really invest in the programme. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we, yeah, we, we, we don't know the exact details of the, of the, uh, of the deal, um, but there is, is money set aside purely for the, the, the Premier 15s. And yeah, it's a serious, serious sponsor for a serious, serious league. Yeah, listeners of the, of the pod will know that we've uh, we've been beating our drums and our on our chest and and everything else available to 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 get a a serious sponsor and, and a serious partner on board and I think that's the significant thing isn't it it's not necessarily about the money but and we can only take what what we've been given so far but you know Alex is committed to su- support the top flight women's domestic rugby competition in England as well as England rugby teams and the community game and, and that's what we want. You know, we're, we're not damning down any previous sponsors, whatever. But if we're reading what, what what is true, then actually their engagement in the league into women's rugby, that's what we want, isn't it? Not not just just pound signs. Yeah, no, you don't. And you and you can see there that they're looking at a long term thing. They're looking at the bigger part of the game. They're looking at the community. Looking at the top flight of women's rugby, England rugby grassroots getting more women involved and they're the type of people that you want to have involved not just somebody who's going to sign a check and and plant the you know plaster their um logo everywhere and then kind of not be involved you want people that are truly involved in it truly invested and because they can see the opportunity and the potential and want to be a part of it alongside these significant use of the sponsorship is of course the fact that the league actually does return this weekend all sides involved so let's just run through those fixtures for you. Bristol against Wasps, Saracens against Worcester, Gloucester Heartbreak take on Exeter Chiefs, one of the new outfits. The other new outfits, Sale Sharks host Loughborough Lightning, Harlequins up against DMP Durham Sharks. But that comes with a caveat of some slight law variation. I won't get your take on that just yet, Berth, because we've got a busy old show coming up. We got Jared Mullen, the new Harlequins head coach, coming up on the on the pod very very shortly. He won't know what all the fuss is about. He would have thought a big sponsor is the the norm, won't he? But uh, he'll certainly be able to talk to us about those those law variations and how the game uh, is going to look with those in place due to sort of obviously the the COVID situation. We've got some reaction from Saracens as well with Poppy Cleal and Hannah Bottoman. We're doing a sort of carpool, let's hope not karaoke, but uh, we're doing a carpool with uh, with them as they're on the way to, to England camp. We also are going to hear from Flo Williams, who many of you, of course, will know be making some serious waves with a perception agency 
with her hashtag Enough campaign. So a busy, busy show alongside all the news from New Zealand and Ireland, some results in there as well, plus all the club news here in the UK. But without further ado, let's get Jared on the pod to discuss the start of the Alliance Premier 15s. Good, absolutely delighted to have uh, Jared Mullen on the uh, on the pod this morning. Uh, yeah, didn't think it was appropriate to to have to have Berth on as well, being being her being her boss. But Jared, thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, how's things, especially in light of uh, this morning's news about Allianz coming on board uh, for the new Allianz Premier Fifteens? Uh, no, thank, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no, it's fantastic news. I mean, I'm only very new into the into the women's game but you know in, in the current climate it's great to have aliens jump on board and I'm sure they'll take take the league and the, and the game forward which is which is fantastic and I guess even more from from your point of view with, with obviously that that announcement that everything is starting and I know that that date you know this, this weekend has, has has been sort of on the horizon but but, but been in a in a, in a fat HB pencil rather than a pen it's now in pen just where are the excitement levels right now the, the, the girl the girls are so excited I can't you know yet with the news coming out they they've been the energy around the environment has has been has been massive you know you know personally I kind of feel like I haven't had that much time yet with with the group but you know we, we've only had kind of well myself kind of four or five weeks to prepare but I've, I've been happy with training I, I, I'd like to think we've we've pushed levels of intensity and standard that the girls haven't maybe hit before so that that's exciting and I, I just think as I said to the girls on multiple occasions I really think they are only we are only scratching the surface of how good this group can be and that's what I'm excited about you know I'm not it's not going to be it's not going to happen quickly you know I still think we will be thereabouts this season and we we can compete but I'm, I'm excited about what the future can bring just we'll, we'll sort of delve more into uh, to Harlequins and, your, and you'll start there in just a moment but Obviously, the league comes back with with some some uh, some law variations. Uh, from from your point of view as a as a coach, uh, and and in layman's terms, if you can, not not only for for our listeners, but but me as well. Um, just 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 give us the headlines of those law variations and and how it's going to change the the way the, the the game is seen. The the main thing is it's obviously that they're they're trying to limit the amount of scrums, um, due to due to obviously COVID. Um, it's going to make for a faster game. The ball will be in play a lot more. So if there's a knock on or forward pass, that will be a free kick rather than rather than a scrum. So you can um, you can tap and play straight away, or you obviously can kick it. But I think the referees will just look to try and play advantage first and foremost. You can only drive. You can only set up malls in either twenty-two. So again, it, it will it will make for I think. You know, a much faster game, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of who who adapts the best to that. It's an interesting one because actually, you know, we, we do have a very strong scrum at Harlequins, but you know, obviously, I think when the, when the times are there to scrummage, we got we got to maximise those opportunities. But on the flip side, you know, we do we do want to play a fast game and, and push the boundaries of that, which we've been training for. So, you know, we'll try, we've tried to flip that the rules as a positive for what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, I mean, we, we're on a sort of a, a pseudo-launch with, with with all the clubs um, almost um, yesterday and I kind of raised the point that you, know, you, you may have signed certain players and uh, as you say, you, yourselves and Saracens who've you know, been leading the way for, for the last few years, you know, very, very you know, set-piece orientated, well, not, not orientated, but very strong in those areas. You've got to kind of flip that on the head and actually, ah, is, is that an annoyance or... Is it look? We're in the middle of a global pandemic. For the for the sake of getting our game on, then then actually we'll we'll will adapt and, and have to adapt. Hundred percent. I think it'll be interesting to see how the game goes because you know if if these laws really take off and and, and make the game, you know, I think more enjoyable for spectators because ultimately we're trying to grow the game. Yeah. Um, well, then I think there probably will be a a case to you know do we keep some of these in the game long term. So that that will be that will be I think the, the the really interesting thing. However, I think the scrum is obviously such a big part of the game. So, you know, it, in some ways, it's it's what makes rugby rugby. So I think 
you know you don't want to lose that completely. Um, but it, but it will be interesting, I think, to see how you know will these laws maybe come in the game longer term, to, because they will make the game that bit more attractive for people to watch and and perhaps for players to play. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's get into you and your, and your start at, at Harlequins. Um, why did you uh, Why did you want the job, Jared? You know, it, it's an interesting one. It, it, I had been at Loughborough for for quite a while. Like, really enjoyed the role there. You know, working with ambitious young rugby players who all want to probably be professionals, and, and many of those guys now who I worked with at Loughborough are. Are playing in the the Premiership or the Championship, and that's and that's fantastic. You know, I'm, I'm an ambitious coach myself. I'm, I'm confident in my, my abilities as a coach, manager, and a leader. And I think just getting into a, a new environment where I'm going to be challenged in different ways will be great for my development. I watched a lot of footage of, of the girls, and I think I was like, "There's a lot of talent here," but I, I I do think there's a lot of room for growth. So that's exciting for me. To, to work with and the girls really do want to keep getting better as individuals or you know of course as a team you know I, I want to make Harlequins the program whereby if you want to be the best player you want to be well then if you don't come here then we believe you're making an error and that's the type of program we're trying to create at, at Harlequins uh, also for me there's great link with with the men's setup so the ability to you know to be in an environment where I can go and learn off you know all the support staff we have is excellent. The men's coaches, yeah, it, it's it, it's a fantastic opportunity for myself. It, it's it's a well-established group, really. Uh, when you like, you know, the, the likes of uh, Karen Finley or, or affectionately known Jock, you've got your Rachel Burford, your, your Shauna Browns, your Abby Scott, Emily Scott, and Leanne Riley. All, all these kind of players. Uh, has, has that been kind of your your main focus, possibly your 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 main challenges, is is developing those relationships and sort of sliding in in amongst them for for want of a much much better phrase. I'd like to think I was pretty clear early on in terms of where I think we can take things, and I must give credit to the the, the players you mentioned there have really got behind me in terms of where I feel they can improve, and they've been absolutely fantastic in terms of getting behind my ideas and, and helping me drive them. So I'm quite a transparent person, a transparent coach. I really like to in, involve people and get their opinions because, as I say, if you don't think I'm making the boat go faster, well, then you need to tell me and challenge me because I'm not going to do something for the sake of doing it. I think everything I'm going to do is trying to make us better as a team and individuals. And, yeah, I, I think obviously I'm, I'm passionate. I, I put a lot of time and effort into it. It means a lot to me. But I must say that those players you mentioned there have been fantastic in terms of supporting me and getting behind the ideas that I'm trying to drive with, within the group. Well, it sounds almost like a, a kind of a, a perfect fit then, because having done a, 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 a bit of bit of coaching way, 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 way below your your kind of level, but uh, yeah, I've done some men and some, some women, and it's something that's always struck me. Also, being on the, on the sidelines for for many a year with with the women's game is they're always they're always pushing that why. And actually, if you're a transparent coach, then that's a really symbiotic relationship that actually can work really, really well. Has that been the, the kind of main difference from coaching the men to, to the women that you found? Everyone, everyone said that before I came into the role, and there has been, you know, the, the girls do love to know, to know, to know the why behind things, and that challenges me to really, to really break things down in terms of how I can explain them, and that will make me a better coach and a more rounded coach, and you know, I, I think. You know, obviously, wherever, wherever my coaching career goes, I, I hope you know down the line I'm, I'm I'm highly successful. But I think you know being in different environments, coaching men, coaching women, is going to make you a better coach and challenge you in in different areas. And I've already, I think, seen where I need to get better in a couple of weeks of, of being in this role because actually, you know, did I explain that well? How do I break that down? Did I get my message across clearly? Because you said that you know they do. The girls do like the stuff to be broken down that bit, bit more, which I think is great because it, it, it I've got to be dead clear and certain in, in my messages. Put you slightly on the spot here. Uh, willing to to name anyone who's who's particularly impressed you so far? It's a tough one. I mean, if you don't say I, birth, I think, you're in real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think the, the, the squad have, the squad have been have been great. 
um, in terms of welcoming me, and they're all they're all really good people first and foremost. I think you know Berth has been fantastic. I think she is she is a a real professional. She 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 you know she always trains with you know her great great commitment, great intent. She's got a great skill level. She understands the game well. She understands really what where I'm trying to take things, and she, and she's helping me to drive that on the floor, which is fantastic. So, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm, I presume she might watch this here, but you know, I, I'm really thankful to her so far for for backing me and getting behind what I'm trying to do. And you know, she she's obviously massively experienced, but she she does every time she turns up to training, she she gives it her all. She challenges those around her to be the best they can be as well, not just herself. Which, which is, you know, a, a great trade to have. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, oh, sorry. I've hit the delete button. I've deleted that answer. Oh, what a shame. Um, she'll never get to hear that. Oh, what was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. I'll cut that bit out of the pod. That's no problem at all. No, look, I think, yeah, she, uh, she does. Yeah, I've said it, you know, I think I've said it earlier this pod, you know, I'm not sure anyone who... I know anyone who gives gives more back to to the game than her, and that's on the on the park and off it. Um, have you Derek, have you set some some goals? Look, I, I know what we, we, you're not even two months into the role yet, but uh, ha, have you set some goals for for the for the season? Of course, I mean, I think in some think the thing for me coming in. So with, with the girls being so close to winning the league the last few years, of course they really want to. You know, we set that target of winning the championship, which of course, is is possible. You know that is definitely possible, and I believe we can achieve that. However, you know, for me, I'm really trying to look longer term, and can we really improve the processes in terms of how we act on the field, how we act on the field, sort on and off the field? I mean, you know, to 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 try and you know, I think just grow the program, and you know, hopefully, winning winning things might be a byproduct of that. But I'm really trying to look a bit more longer term with how we go about things. However, I do believe we definitely do have to have the squad depth and strength to to go out there and obviously achieve that. Yeah. And, and final question: I'm conscious of your time, especially. Yeah, I'm not not quite sure when when you got the uh, the final copy of, uh, of of the law variations, but uh, yeah, it's uh, a busy week, no doubt. But uh, obviously, kicking off for the weekend against uh, DMP Durham Sharks. Uh, how how ready are you? Are you ready enough? Um, it's a tough <laughs> one. I mean, I don't. Can never be. I think in the current situation, and it is what it is. We obviously we also have a large amount of players in the England squad, so the, the midweek camps and stuff. I haven't seen those players quite a lot, but I'm not, you know, I'm not using any excuses. I haven't. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I, I think you know we're we're going to be we're, we're nowhere near where we want to be yet. You know, that's that everyone's aware of that, but you know we're just going to have to keep growing. As as we play, and I think it's as long as we're we're bringing intent and we're working hard off the ball and working hard for each other, well, then that's all we can ask. And hopefully, then our our, our technical, tactical aspects and how we're trying to play the game will, will keep growing. We we want to play, we want to win, but we want to play a game which is massively exciting, and we really want to grow grow the women's game even more through producing a, a high quality product. On the field. Great stuff. What a what a what a great answer to to, to finish things off, uh, Jared. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Um, really nice to to meet you over Zoom. Perhaps we're going to shake an elbow uh, on a touchline very soon in, in person. But uh, thanks for joining us, uh, and all the very very best of luck this weekend and, and for the rest of the season. Now, cheers, John. Thanks a million for for having me on. Really, really good to talk to uh, Gerard there, Berth. Yeah, didn't think it was appropriate for for you to be on the uh, interview with your with your new boss. Um, but he's talking about those those law variations. Obviously, we are midst a, a global pandemic, and actually, to get the league up and running, a big big task force was put together. Lots and lots of conversations. I know Simon Middleton's been very uh, the England head coach uh, has been very instrumental in these conversations. But he's He's brought in other people. Alex Austerbury, the, 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 the Saracens head coach, has been involved in these conversations as well to try and uh, get a game together that uh, yeah, is, is good to watch, but also representative of, of women's rugby uh, and not taking too much away from it. Uh, Jared was talking about those there. For you, uh, the sort of the lack of contact variations, should we say, 
because uh, that's effectively what they are. How how are they looking for you? How have they been in, in training? Yeah, I think, well, it's difficult it not being a live game and without live scrums because that's the big area that the variation is um, probably going to have the most impact on the game. Um, so if you knock on or forward pass, there's no scrum. It's a free kick, so it's a tap and go. Um, and also if you win a penalty or a free kick, you can't ask for a scrum. So that's probably the biggest variation. And obviously, we don't get backs don't get too much involved in the in scrumming down, and we don't do too much of that in training. But um, when we had our internal game, we obviously felt some of the effects. You felt the game was a lot faster, quicker pace. So I think it's uh, even though there's variations there, and they're put in place um, for a very very good reason to get this league up and running to enable us to be able to play, trying to mitigate the amount of risk of potential um, COVID virus. So I think, you know, that's probably the biggest one that you're going to be looking at. The other variation, again, not something that I plan on getting involved in, is mauling. So you can only... Oh, I thought you were going to say tackling. Oh, come on now. You know my stats are good on tackling. Um, <laughs> so in terms of mauling, you can only do it in your attacking and defending 22. Um, and I believe so, even when it goes past the mark, nobody else can then join the maul either. So it's just trying to really limit as much as close contact as they can. Yeah, I mean, yesterday um, we had sort of a, a launch day per se, all, all very last minute. And look, I, I, I get the annoyance that it isn't all shiny wrapped, the, the you know, the launch and the, the, the announcement of the sponsor and then, you know, we, we've got to lead up to it and, and what have you. It, it, it is an incredibly fluid situation. I, I've been having many, many conversations over the last few weeks with, with lots of people involved in the game. You know, this it's a really difficult one. You know, it, it's forty thousand pounds a week to test a squad. Now that that money just simply isn't available for for anyone at the moment. And I, I you know, uh, the doubters will say, well, the the Premiership do it, and therefore you know, it's men's lives more important than women's. I, well, of course, we can go down that route, but that simply just yeah, you know, that that's unrealistic. Um, so to, to actually get the game, get the league back up and running, which I think is incredibly important for for the game, for people's mental health, all the rest of it. This is this is the, what 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 uh, the, the powers that be have have come up with at uh, at England Rugby. You know, it's all been uh, checked by the council. It's all been ratified, uh, been approved by DCMS and PHE. So uh, as as safe as it can be. The game will be back up and running. Of course, there will be concerns. We know all about the, the sale sharks in the men's Gallagher Premiership at the moment. Of course, there, there are concerns. But uh, as a playing group, Berth, do those, because of course, there's very, very stringent, as we've spoken about on last week's pod, very, very stringent parameters in which you, you're able to train and what have you. Do, do those concerns of the COVID sort of alleviate themselves, not only with those structures which clubs have put in place, but actually just to get back up and running? What's the feel within the camp? Yeah, look, I think players are really happy um, that the the RFU has gone away and they've you know they've been creative and, and come up with an initiative to actually get us going. I mean, they could have just sat still and waited for a vaccine and then we get cracking on with the game. But so we're really pleased that we're in a position where we can start the league. Yes, it might not look as normal as it did, but nothing does nowadays right now. And if we want to get the league up and going, we want to have a sponsor like Allianz to to be able to be a part of that then we had to find a different solution you know rugby is very unique in the sport with covid you know there's lots of teams lots of sports that are back playing and we're very different because of the amount of contact now what they've done is they've gone away they thought about we want to get our game up and running we want it to look as much as like our game but how can we kind of bring those risks down as much as possible and this is a solution and i think if you're talking maybe to a front row forward, like someone like Rocky Clark, she might be a bit upset about less runs in the game. But, uh, you know, but for some of us players, I mean, Jess Breach, when she found out we could call a scrum on a penalty, she's jumping around because that's more ball in time, more um, time on the ball for her to play. So I think, it, you know, it's a really exciting um, opportunity to actually see us speed up our game, get the ball in um, hands a lot more, playing a lot of open, expansive rugby, hopefully, um, because ultimately that's going to, you know, increase the level of playing at the elite level in the in the um, Allianz Premier 15, which yeah. then has a knock-on into the international game. And with the World Cup next year, 
you know, it all pays their, pays into our hands. And and I, and I think we, you've got to get it going because you know, there is a Six Nations to finish, and more importantly for your Ireland's, your Scotland, your Italy's, there's World Cup qualifiers coming up, and actually to to get some game time. So let, let, let's let's be uh, half full. As I say, yes, we would probably all want it a, a little bit differently in terms of yeah, a little bit more time and what have you. But it, it's such a fluid situation that I know, yeah, that it was being ratified over the weekend. So we are in unprecedented times. How many times has that word been used in the last six months? Um, but but we we simply are. So uh, actually, let's let's spin it even further. Actually, it will be a really... I'm not sure we we're going to see it at the moment. That's another question we'll, we'll get to. But it could look like a really, really exciting game. Not that it isn't already, but actually some more ball in hand, some more super tries being scored. Actually, it's going to look like a... You know, there's going to be some rust in the first couple of rounds, of course. But actually, it'll look like a really, really attractive game as well. I, I certainly hope, anyway. Yeah, and I think you know players are excited about that, especially a back line. You know, the opportunity that we get to have, there's going to be more ball in time play. So if that's also another law variation, so it'd be 35 minute half, because obviously with, without all the sausages, the, um, the scrums, that reset, all of that, that takes out quite a chunk of time. So actually the ball in time of play is going to be a lot higher. So they've just um, taken the half down to 35 minutes. But yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we're really excited. I think all clubs would 100% be playing a lot of condition games over lockdown um, and during those kind of pre-season periods. And so the the girls are, are well-equipped to how quick the game is potentially going to be. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, hopefully we can all keep up with the game uh, for, for the 70 minutes. Yeah, the lungs normally burn on the first game of the season, don't they? Anyway, um, I'm looking forward to seeing you at the end of 70 minutes. Yeah, there'll be water breaks as well, of course, with the COVID situation. Everyone's going to have a separate water bottle, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it it will look slightly differently. But the Alliance Premier 15s is back up and running. Just to remind you of those fixtures for the weekend, then. It's uh, Bristol Bears up against Wasps. Saras against Worcester, Gloucester Hartbury against Exeter Chief, Sale Sharks take on Loughborough Lightning, Harlequins take on DMP Durham Sharks. And we are hoping that one of those games will be out there live this weekend. We will say no more. That is that is is, is one part that I'd like to ask you about. Berth, no no announcement of a of a broadcast deal, of a of a television deal. I know that was separated from the uh, the England contract this year with a hope to just singularly sell the rights to the to the uh, to the premier 15s that hasn't happened at the moment i know there's ongoing conversations with with several broadcasters but uh, yeah that if we are going to hit a bit of a negative in this uh, this this opening bit of the pod that would be the negative for me a lot of people talk about their commitment to women's sport and what have you i suspect the the, the rights in all due respect would be very very cheap it, it is a shame i know there's ongoing conversations so we will wait and see. But it is back, but without a broadcast partner, Berth. Slightly annoying from a player's point of view? Yeah, I think it's just disappointing that um, so much work's gone in behind um, playing and getting players into a position safely. You know, all the training measures, all the special measures that we've brought in. We want to now be able to have our fans with us, showcase our game. You know, you think about when the Gallagher Premiership came back in, everybody was buzzing about it because they knew that they could watch it. I mean, they had every single game on, pressing red button, or every single BT Sport channel had it. Um, And it's just a shame that you're not going to be able to see the women's game. At the moment, we do hope there's going to be something coming in, or maybe clubs might do something personally if they're able to. But, yeah, I think it's really important that we're, we're visible. I mean, it is really good that we're getting the games up and running, but we need we need people to be able to see our games. You look over in New Zealand, the Far Power Cup's been shown on, on Sky Sports. And at the weekend, I was watching the NRL Women's uh, Rugby League at, live on Sky Sports. I think, you know, there's a big niche in the market. There's an opportunity there, and somebody really needs to jump on it. I'm Mohan, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Some news to bring you up to date with uh, down from New Zealand. We've spoken about it already. The uh, Farah Palmer Cup uh, completed round five at the weekend. Up and playing. And as you say, yeah, 
on Sky Sports as well. There's been some scintillating rugby, of course. So uh, here are the results from round five. Canterbury, 54. Wellington, 12. That is some result for the uh, the triple champions against their closest rivals in their pool. Otago didn't even get a bonus point in their 14-28 defeat to Manawatu. Elsewhere down south, Tasman went down 62-5 to Hawke's Bay Magpies. And up north, despite a good second half, Auckland came through 22-19 against Bay of Plenty. Northland ranked up 65 points to North Harbour's five. In the Battle of the Superstars, Waikato Stacey Fuller beat Ruby Tui's County's Manakau 34-28. Well, what does that all mean? Well, in the North Pool, Auckland and Waikato have pulled away from the rest. In the South Pool, Canterbury lead the way five points clear of Manawatu. Over in Ireland at the weekend, it was the opening weekend of the inaugural Energia Women's Community Series. So let's bring you uh, the results from all the conferences. In the Leinster Conference, Suttonians 3, Railway Union 62, Wicklow unable to score against Blackrock 61 points. In the Munster Conferences, your Bohemians beat newly formed Shannon Litt, 57-0. Kerry beat Balling Colleague, one of the uh, the new sides in the competition, 24-5. Ennis versus Kilrush and Thurls versus Kiribaran were both cancelled, with all four sides getting two points. And in the Ulster Conference, Cook beat Malone, 26-0. Queen's University versus City of Derry was cancelled, both again getting two points. Uh, yeah, all those sides included some of the uh, the Island Sevens players, which is really, really good game time for them. Uh, but not the 15s players, of course, were in camp again at the weekend. But great to see some rugby over in the Emerald Isle. Staying in Ireland, the uh, Women's Under-20s Team Academy, which uh, launched last week with the likes of Alison Miller, Fiona Hayes and Jenny Murphy all involved. They've got a trial day. Thursday the 29th of October at 10am. All levels are welcome. So do get down on the uh, on the 29th of October. And as we're talking about Ireland, it seems an appropriate time to bring in our second guest of today. We've got uh, Poppy Clear and Hannah Bottom coming up later. But now let's talk to Flo Williams, the WASP player, who also runs the Perception Agency. Uh, who had a little bit to say about Ireland's kit launch a few months ago. Let's get uh, Flo on the pod. Delighted to say that uh, Flo Williams, not only a WASP player, but uh, also Perception Agency, joins us on the pod now. Good morning, Flo. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, we're very, very good. I mean, I think uh, if we're not good this morning, those involved in women's rugby, then there's a bit of a problem. Your reaction just first up, may I get Flo, to the uh, the news about Alliance coming on board for, for the league. Yeah, I think it's brilliant to have a, a global brand such as Alliance that are already involved in sport around the world, huge stadiums, big company, got a global reach. I think it really shows that this is where we're looking now. We're not looking for small local businesses. We're looking for global reach, big money, big investment, big stadiums, big opportunity, I reckon. Absolutely. Let's get to, to straight into it then. Um, You've been making a few few waves in the uh, in the world of uh, of sport, not just uh, women's rugby, but uh, women's sport of late. For for our listeners that have possibly been living in a cave for the last uh, few weeks, um, just paint the picture for us with that Ireland kit launch and what you did and and, and the, the the ripples that came afterwards. Um, yes, yeah, so the Irish jersey launch happened and they put out these really really nice production of the men wearing the new jersey um, with the, the graphic alongside it and the campaign headline. And then um, they did a really cool thing by, by launching the women's playing jersey as well for the first time available to buy. But instead of releasing it alongside the same campaign with the same production value, they did an e-fit of a model onto the jersey because the jersey hadn't arrived in time. Um, and unfortunately, due to COVID, they didn't get the jersey at the same time, but they still went ahead and launched the men and they did an e-fit of a model. And the effort that was put into the magnitude of that launch was minimal. And that kind of represented, OK, that's what you feel about our sport. That's what you feel about women's rugby, that 
it was a, a sort of afterthought at the end of that article. Oh, and by the way, here's the women's jersey in a model's body, which it just it didn't look great. Like you've got so many Irish players that are inspirational to pick from. If you were going to e-fit it, why didn't you e-fit it onto a player even? Like everybody understands COVID is difficult and timings are hard. But I also have to beg the question, if the women's jersey had arrived on shores first and the men's jersey hadn't come, would they have launched the women's jersey first or would they have waited and done them all together? They probably would have waited. So, I mean, they're only a couple of weeks away from launching it. It's not like there's any international rugby on at the moment. Why didn't they just wait and launch them both together and say, you know what, actually, we want to make a big deal of this women's jersey launch for the first time. So we're going to do it with the men rather than doing the men, having the women as a bit of an afterthought. And then the whole point of a jersey launch, as you see it for the first time, they're kind of, You've lost that opportunity to do that with the girls now. People aren't going to be that interested. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I saw this a few months ago. So um, that's my thoughts. There's been lots of times on Twitter that we've called, you know, various companies out or things like this out, but never have I seen it get the traction that it did with this campaign and kind of your messaging. Were you surprised at that at all? Um, I was surprised at how many people supported it and agreed and were like actually yeah I've, I've had enough of this like this is a bit of a joke and it just showed how many people are having this conversation privately and having these thoughts and I don't think that this was that out of this world like okay a women a jersey launch has happened and they haven't used the women we've seen it so many times before I just think people are at a time now where they're like I actually can't, I've had enough of this. I can't be bothered with seeing this again. And we want to say something. This isn't new. This isn't different. This happened time and time and time again. And I think that was probably the point that we've seen it so many times before that we're sick of it and we've had enough of not being treated the same, especially when it comes to media exposure. Um, So I was surprised at how much heat it got on Twitter, but probably not surprised that people agreed because I kind of know that this isn't the first thing we've seen of it. I'm not saying anything new. This is the stuff that we've been saying for years. It's just maybe it was a it was a good time to say it, I suppose. Yeah, it seemed, seemed like a, a bit of a, a perfect kind of storm um, that you just hit the right note at the, at the right time. And, and obviously the, the hashtag enough. Um, and, and I think, yeah, we, we, we've all been feeling it for, for a very long time. For, for me, it was kind of two-pronged that Canterbury have have done it. Obviously, they're the, the they're the kit provider, but that's then had to go through the the Irish Union, um, who have to be accountable for whatever they put out on their platforms. Um, so let's kind of move this forward because this this is what really kind of interests me that, and you're saying exactly that there, Flo, that people have been doing this for for a very long time. Um, yeah, I've personally been involved for a very long time and smacking my head against a brick wall for whether it be broadcast or uh, sponsorship for this particular podcast or just getting stuff out there. Um, people initially are always really, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Da, da. And then a couple of weeks later, the noise has all settled down. So let's just kind of move, move this on then. What what has been Canterbury and, and indeed the Irish Rugby Union's re- response to all of this? Well, I have to say Canterbury, personally, I think that they have been a prime example of what to do as a brand. If you've got it wrong before, you may have... People, brands may have made mistakes, but it's how you react from that. And it's actually created an opportunity for them to speak in the women's rugby world and be listened to because people are looking at them now. I think Irish rugby have got away absolutely scot-free and said nothing. Um, If they wanted to get those girls on there, they would have been on there. If Irish rugby wanted to change that kit launch or hold it, they could have. Irish rugby have done absolutely nothing and... I think there's a bigger story behind what they're doing with their women's team and the efforts they're putting in. But um, I think Canterbury as a responsible brand um, have been brilliant. They reacted straight away. They got behind the Enough campaign and they said, look, we've done it wrong. We've changed our brand pledges. I've had numerous conversations with them since where they said, we want to keep you on board. We want to make sure that what we're doing in the future, that we reevaluate ourselves and we learn And a big thing that they have done is tried to educate internally in the business. So Canterbury are part of the Pencil and Brands group, which owns Speedo and Elisa and some other brands within that. And they've gone up the scale, not only from Canterbury, but into Pentlands. And I did a a talk with them last week 
uh, webinar around diversity and inclusion, which had over 140 employees from across Pentland Brands, which included head of brand for Canterbury and other sports brands around the world, where I talked about what happened and they openly admitted that we've made a mistake here, but we're, we want to listen. We want to know what we can do in the future to make this right. We had a Q&A and they discussed, they asked like, how can we change? And they said for them, it's a huge learning experience and an opportunity to get this right from there on. And I think that's a brilliant way to respond as a brand. They didn't just, yes, they did tweet and say, we apologize, we've done this wrong, but they didn't just leave it at that. They've actually gone on to educate internally within the business so that all of their employees now don't let problems like this occur in the future by being more well-educated on the matter and experienced with this sort of situation. For so many years, we've had sponsors be a part of the women's game and, you know, come on board. But do you feel like for a long time it has been a bit of a tick box and exercise? It's just been association. You just get bundled deals. Oh, you get our women and you can have this. And and do you think now the times are changing where brands are actually going, we aren't just ticking a box. We want to be here. We want big investment. We want to be integrated. We want to understand. We want to learn like Canterbury have done so. Do you think that, that, well, I think this campaign has definitely kind of started that. Do you think that's the way brands are starting to go now? Yeah, 100%. Like, it, I totally agree. Like, if you sponsor a team, you'd be like, oh, and a little bit on the side, and you get our women's team as well. I would assume that most of those brands probably don't even know they have a women's team and access to them. And it shouldn't be the men's team and the women's team on the side because what the women's team can offer you is a completely different product and in some cases a lot more unique and a lot more interesting as a brand if when a brand sponsors a team you can use those players for q a's like throughout your year or you can do joint campaigns with the players and go on site for the games etc if you've got the women's players in there how inspirational would it be to bring in a female rugby player into your business to do a, a a dinner talk or an event talk or whatever that they use the men's players for it gives you a completely different product and the fact that women's teams just get tagged on on the end I think is such a poor way of marketing such a brilliant product and a unique product um and I do think hopefully this is the start of people actually coming after the women's teams not just to tick the box but to be like right we're actually engaging and we're going to be responsible with this and we're going to do something good and I don't want it to have created fear amongst brands that like, oh, God, we've got to do a women's team. We don't want to look what happened to Canterbury. We don't want that. But you know what? If it works a little bit as part of the motivation to do it, I'm going to take it like people need to be more responsible. And you either ride the wave and you get into the future with it or you sit back here and you stay with your men's teams and you stay paying millions of pounds for about a quarter inch of the side of a jersey which in the women's game is it's a completely unfarmed market. The money that you spend for what you're going to get back from it is huge. Um, and hopefully that is the future of where it's going. For actually a brand of, of that kind of magnitude to say, look, we, we, we got this wrong. Well, I also think it's a, with the COVID situation, it's part time for everyone who's just been able to just to pause a little bit and just reevaluate. And I think, again, the timing of, of your campaign has just helped that a little bit, you know, with the Black Lives Matters and, and the, the morality around the world, uh, the fact that everybody in the global community is in, in this big fight at the moment, um, there's a moral obligation. And I couldn't agree with you more that the women's players are so much more engaging than the men. Look, and I, you know, I've been doing this a, a long time on the broadcast side. There's so much more engaging. You get so much more for your money with a, with a women's player than, than with a men. What, what else, Flo, for you, does women's rugby need to do to 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 continue to attract the alliances the the the, the canterbury's i think broadcast deals has got to be a big one if you can't see it you can't be it your product firstly when, when you try and get a big sponsor you have to sell yourself as a product and until your product is worth the money that you're asking for it's hard to get those sorts of sponsorships so if we're on primetime tv if we've got faces on the front pages of newspapers, if we're getting coverage from the likes of BBC and Sky over like the weekend um, news reports, if we're starting to get that and people start to look up and listen and go, actually, this is worth investing into. And it's got to be looking at yourself as looking at yourself as a product of what we're offering to a sponsor first and then going out. You can't just turn up at someone's door and say, look, it's women's rugby, you need to sponsor us. You need to make sure that your product is worth that money and 
getting sponsors like Allianz is building it's building on the way to there getting broadcast deals making sure that when Sky Sports do the rundown of the scores on the weekend that they're including the women's game as well like it, this it all comes together and hopefully we can have more responsible broadcasting from news outlets where they can instead of saying the rugby this weekend say the men's rugby if they're not going to include the women say the men's rugby and just say the rugby because it wasn't just the rugby if you're not going to include the women's rugby as well um and it, there's loads of loads of little elements that can help increase the worth of your product but um i do think it is building towards there and that we've got a brilliant few years lined up for women's sport with women's rugby world cup on next year then you've got the cricket world cup the year after and then you've got the women's football world cup the year after that that's three years of momentum and momentum is key in women's sport because you get the interest and you get those eyeballs you have to make the most out of the time that you're going to get that exposure and if you're getting raised exposure you have to build the momentum from that i have to say like when england won the world cup in 2014 the momentum that they could have had off the back of that to build a huge brand around women's rugby, they kind of lost the opportunity because you had 26 absolute superstars that should have been on the front of every single newspaper for the coming weeks, should have been on every single news broadcast for the coming weeks after that. And there should have been campaigns off the back of it to grow, like hugely spike the participation in women's rugby. And I think it probably wasn't done as well as it could have been, but hopefully someone's going to win a world cup next year or there's going to be exposure around a world cup next year and there could be momentum built off of that and a momentum will be a, a key indicator of um getting participation getting the broadcast deals and getting the sponsorship deals i think flo you you speak so clearly and um it it's yeah for, for me it's, a, it's an absolute well for, for us i'm sure i speak for birth as well it's just an absolute no-brainer and and uh um the the waves that uh, people like yourselves and 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 others are, are creating can only help the situation. But look, conscious of your time, you got about your your day job, perception agency, and and the bits and pieces you you, you do with Was. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Perhaps um, if we can sort of check in with you um, early next year to see where things are with with, with you and, and what you're working on. Um, but yes, I'd like to keep the the conversation going because it's uh, yes, it's been nothing short of inspirational. Yeah, 100%. And it will be very interesting to see what happens around the Six Nations now that they've got a uh, an agency partner on board to get them a sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, another phone call for later today. Anyway, Flo, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, have a good day. And uh, yeah, as I say, we'll, we'll check in with you in, in a couple of months' time. Cool. Thank you very much. Beth, really, really good to, to have Flo on the pod. And I, I, and I was conscious at the time there, there, there was a, a lot of a, a media storm which she, which she created, and I've always found that's 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 always the case. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and as you say, box ticking. What happens two, four, six, eight weeks, couple of months down the line? So uh, no, it was, it was really, really good to hear Flo saying what what, what Cadbury are doing, and actually a complete mind set shift from them. What an impressive young lady. Uh, she is speaks incredibly clearly, uh, has some very very clear visions, and not afraid to to speak up. And I think she she captured that, didn't she? Because and that for me was what made the difference is the fact that current big players, I don't mean physically, but uh, you know big name players, you, you, yourselves, the Sarah Hunters, the the Abby Scotts, these kind of uh, players, came out and spoke about it, and weren't afraid to do it. And I think that's that was the the real key this time. Yeah, and I think, you know, Flo's presentation of how she delivered it was really clear, and you couldn't argue with it. It was so right and wrong, you could not argue with it. And then her, by her doing that, just kind of, it didn't wake anybody up, because I think everybody's aware of some of these inequalities that we have within the game. Um, but what it did do, it, did, it made people agree, and say they agree, as opposed to going, yeah, we know, but... And you just crack on. But I think, yeah, the Enough campaign made players come out from, from everywhere to say, we've had enough. We've had enough of like being you know, second string or to be you know, t playing on the back pitches, to being in men's kit. To, we've just had enough. So we are, as she spoke about, we're such an incredible product. 
if it's marketed right, if it's invested correctly. We are so valuable. Um, and I think what she's done is she's made brands and unions wake up to, to recognise that, that we really are and that we're, they've got to take the right steps now. Yeah, I, I, I you know me, I'm going to probably always always caveat it. I, I, I think she's she's absolutely right with the with the broadcast deal, and that's that that great with me. Um, I, I've got a, a list as as long as your arm, Berth, of, of of big, well-established companies that that have been involved in rugby, that you know dealing with it, with this podcast, and you know we're, we're reasonably unique, um, and you know I'm not going to sort of blow smoke up our or rears, but you know we, we do a reasonably good job, and it's a good product, and it, and it is global. People just don't even reply, um, and you know work very very hard to get some some partnerships and combinations. So I'm yet to be convinced, but that's possibly just me. I will certainly, of course, uh, and all of us here at the WRP will get completely utterly behind on flow and, and what she's doing with Allianz and and, and as, as the Enough campaign. Things just seem to be just turning. Um, for me, it's the, the pace of that turn. Let's let's be a speedboat rather than an oil tanker. Still coming up on the pod, we have got uh, Poppy Cleal and Hannah Botterman, Red Roses star, also Saracens players, to uh, talk to us about the uh, the start of the Alliance Premier 15s coming up at the weekend. Huge news. But uh, let's get you up to date with all the domestic news that's come your way in the last seven days. Come on then, Berth. Free plug time. What have you been up to? So hopefully you've seen the Girls Rugby Club was launched last week. Um, and look, the idea of this is is a little bit like we've been talking about. We want to break, help break down some barriers. We want to support local clubs. We want to have, you know, we'll have face-to-face camps and things like that. But we also want to get um, an online platform where we can share resources, knowledge. We can bring in expertise. Um, and again, we kind of want this to go global so that we can keep growing the game. But So if anybody's interested in knowing a bit about it, um, just visit and the girlsrugbyclub.com and get on board, become a member. Yeah, absolutely. Great work as ever, Berth. Rebrand and uh, yes, everything you do. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't know anybody who gives more back to the game than yourself. What's been happening around uh, the rest of the English clubs? So, South Sharks have announced another sign-in, Hannah Fields, former international. She comes in from Richmond and they've also signed Jamie Lee Bellevue. Indeed, they have. Some news from DMP Durham Sharks. They've signed England under 22nd row Jesse Wishu from Worcester. Also, Deaf International Katie Crute. Holly Thorpe wings in from Loughborough Lightning. She's a winger. Anyway, uh, Elisa Jennings transfers from forward Waterloo. Chana Gordon from Wasp has also joined. And Hong Kong International Malayli Pickett. Hope I've pronounced that right. And also Stuart Dixon is the, the head coach making these these signings. That's six altogether. Yeah, that rather slipped under the radar. There wasn't uh, too much noise about Stuart Dixon taking that uh, that role. If we missed that, then uh, huge apologies. Yeah, he was uh, he spoke very well yesterday on the launch of the Alliance Premier 15s. Yeah. Mad Moore Mascara, former England captain Catherine Spencer's autobiography, has made the William Hills Sports Book of the Year shortlist. Huge congratulations to Spence. Yeah, big congrats to to Spence. Australian seven stars have been tearing up in rugby league. Charlotte Caslick has uh, been amazing, but what's equally amazing, and off the back of that conversation with with Flo, is the uh, the Sunday Telegraph in Australia covering the story with a full page entitled Charlotte's Web. Well done, the Australian media. And a big congratulations to Maggie Alfonsi and Marcella on the arrival of the little one, Artie. Congrats to uh, Maggie the Machine. And just some news from Saracens. Tamara Taylor, one of Maggie's old teammates, joins the uh, the champions. How on earth did DMP have let uh, her slip through their fingers? We don't know. But yeah, Tam taking up a player coach role at Saracens. And it just happens we have a couple of Saris to get their take on the start of the uh, the league this weekend. Poppy Cleland, Hannah Bottoman. I am Shona Pell Hughes, and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Absolutely delighted to have the the double act. I think it's fair to say uh, that is Poppy Cleal and Hannah Bottman, otherwise known as Pops and Bots, or is it Bots and Pops? It's Bots and Pops. Yeah, 
bots and pops. My name goes first. Yeah, bots and pops. I have to agree. That's an alphabetical thing, presumably. Yeah, alphabetical. <laughs> <laughs> are you both well? You sound sound like you're on your way somewhere. Where, where are you off to? Yeah, so at the moment we're off to uh, England training camp for two days just to uh, get ready for our uh, Six Nations and Autumn Games. And how how the camp's been, sort of COVID chat aside? Yeah, they've been uh, actually really good, you know, get back in the swing of things and get going. I was a bit worried at first. I thought, cool, we haven't been hitting anybody or like tackling or smashing anyone for a couple of months now. So I thought we might hurt in the morning, but it's not been too bad and it's been good to just get back in it and sort of throw yourself back in there. Great stuff. And we, we, we must just react a sponsor, which uh, you guys will know from, from Saracens, obviously. But Alliance now coming on board to to sponsor the league. That that can only be really good news for the game. Yeah, I think um, it, obviously they've um, helped Saris out for a number of years. They've done a lot of stuff with us in, in the women's side. We've had a lot of chats with them um, as the women's club. So really good that they've come on and... Um, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, they, they've got their own stadiums and what have you. Yeah, as you say, kind of all over Europe and the, and the world. But that, that's great to hear that they're engaging because Berth and I were talking earlier about it's one thing having a sponsor that, that, that chucks a bit of money in a certain direction, but actually that engagement is what's key. So it's really, really good to hear that uh, that they've been engaged with you as a side. Um, so England aside, uh, it's obviously been announced that the Alliance Premier 15 starts at the weekend. Um, yeah, there you go. Well, that's well. I was going to ask where the excitement levels. I think that uh, reaction kind of says it all. But it, it must be a really great, great feeling to know that uh, you are literally days away from from pulling that black and red shirt back on. Yeah, it's a bit surreal. I think I don't. I, I don't feel like we're playing a game this weekend. It's really weird. I, it's been so so long. Um, yeah, and all you've been doing is watching. sort of a, a league launch yesterday all kind of quite last minute for for obvious reasons but yeah the, 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 the question that, that kind of kept coming up in, in terms of that safety was you know obviously that the men have been tested and, and well documented with with sales troubles and whatever is, is there any fear within the group at, at Saracens or, or indeed within England um, that, that, that that isn't available to to the women um I think it's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? Let's be honest, because you get one person that's going to test positive or come down with symptoms, and it's going to take a, a vast majority of us out, and then it's going to have like knock on um, effects. The fact that we're not getting tested isn't going to be, you know, in weeks to come, isn't going to be a major factor to get back in, into the league and back into the mix of things. We're going to use our common sense, and I think everyone's got to do that. We're in such a, a strange sort of world and environment right now, but we've got to do all our best, stick to all the guidelines. Um, make sure that we're doing everything we can to mitigate all the, the risks. And I'm saying that like the rules have come in, they've looked at all our data to see you know, how often we're in contact with each other, how often um, we're at risk, and they've decided that with these new rules in and where the women's game and how we play it, they feel that we can um, play a safer game and a game that uh, the risks are so low that we can, we can get back to playing and not um, put each other... Yeah, I, I think your, your answer is in line with... Most women's rugby players, I, I come across uh, just a maturity in their approach to to your game and and, and, and empathy with with everything that's in, in and around it. Just what, one last kind of boring rugby rugby type question from from me before I let 
unleash birth on you. Well, I was just going to ask, with the law variations, are, are, are we looking forward to less scrums and, and more running around? Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm honest. <laughs> it's, it's the only thing I'm there for is to put a bit, a bit of weight in that, and now they're taking it away from me. I was going to say it's going to promote sort of um, props that can play back row, but we've got so many of them already. Yeah. We, don't, we don't need any more. But I think it's, you know you're going to make sure that when you've got that one scrum in the game, you have to be at your best. Yeah, I try to be anyway. No, I think I think it'll be. I mean, it's it's got to happen, isn't it, for for us to get back? So, but um, we'll just have to see how it goes, and and I'm sure. It will, it will benefit the game, probably make it a bit quicker and we'll maybe play some exciting rugby, hopefully. I think also, it's not, it's always a process that we're going to be playing these games, for example, the weekend or how many league fixtures. And I'm sure they're going to they'll review things and see how it's going. And Because we don't want to lose that identity that we're playing rugby and the fact that, you know, we all love rugby. We, we love scrums, we love balls. So we want to make sure we can keep us, you know, as close to that. And I'm sure they'll review it in a couple of weeks and see what needs improving and what doesn't because it's um it's a new brand new thing for all of us for the players the coaches the refs um so i'm sure that it'll get reviewed and if there's not enough scrums and not enough if bots out there doing their best thing they'll, they'll have a look at it <laughs> no it, it's it's not been thrown together there's been a bit a lot of box ticking that needs to be done to to, to ensure the the best health of, of the players which of course is absolutely paramount now uh birth tells me you're, you've moved in together Yes, we have. Yeah. How long is it? Oh my goodness, it's our month anniversary. So I'm interested to know who who rules the house and like because uh, if Bryony lives with you as well, right? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. not that's not a tough question, who rules the house. I rule the house and I moan at them constantly for not cleaning and not washing no, their dishes. No, chuckling away um i'd love to be a fly on the wall in in, in your household i think it'd be <laughs> highly highly entertaining Perhaps that's we... what we should do tonight yeah do you know what we should what we should have our own tv show no we, we shouldn't we but, shouldn't no we shouldn't no what? you put not yet yeah not yet no. <laughs> you're getting too much trouble i could deal with the fame <laughs> 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 no, Girls, look, we, we, we're conscious you're, you're in the car on the way to camp, but it's, yeah, as ever, thoroughly entertaining and really, really good to, to chat to you both. So um, good luck in camp. Give our regards to everyone there and um, all the very, very best for, for getting back out of the park uh, in the Alliance Premier 15s at the weekend. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. I'm Sarah Hedonate and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, that's uh, about it for a, a packed show. Got to say thank you very much to our, our guest this week, 
to Jared Mullen, to Poppy Cleo, to Hannah Bottoman, and of course Flo Williams, and as ever to our little rugby nut who's doing lots and lots behind the scenes for us. Thank you very much to to her. Any other shout outs this week, Berth? We've just got one coming in from uh, Bista RFC. Um, they've been struck by COVID and had their grounds um, sold to a shopping outlet. And so now the rates have increased. Uh, and I think they're struggling, obviously, with like all clubs are. Um, so they've got a GoFundMe page, Bista RFC, if you want to support and get behind it. Yeah. I mean, what? There's no more important time for sport at the moment than. Uh... Yeah, sport's so crucial at the moment, isn't it? It's uh, That's a really, really sad tale. So any support you can give to, to Bista, please get in touch with them or you can get in touch with us through our social media channels, which are at Pod Women's Rugby. That's at Pod Women's Rugby. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, we've got our email on uh, on those pages as well. So do get in touch. Please, please, from our point of view, give us a rating, share, tell everyone... Um, to get the women's rugby word spread even further around the world, we will be coming at you every week. And speaking of every week, next week, we've got all the reaction to week one of the, I'm getting used to this now, the Alliance Premier 15s. Plus, we'll have the one and only Stacey Flula. Used to be Stacey Wacker, of course. She'll be talking all things Farah Palmer Cup. So, yeah, another great show ahead next week. Berth, enjoy getting back on the field. Hopefully you'll be able to walk this time next week. But yeah, do, do, do enjoy it. Load up on the Cod Live Royal. Cheers, Johnny. I'll try my best. As ever, keep spreading the word about women's rugby. Until next time.